Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, let's thank you for answered prayers. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Father. We appreciate you. We believe that you have answered our prayers tonight and that you will help us. You will help us in our spirit. You will help us even to receive all that you have for us tonight. Thank you, Father. Mahota, Emina, Hamata, Fali, Eledenese, Pakadu, Ferena, Moshi, Kalimata, Bandu, Elma, Kafina, Mosipeli, Ferina. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for that which you have done for us in life class, what you are doing and what you are here to do. We thank you, Father, for the grace you've given us even to go through these classes and receive of life, life abundantly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the inspiration which you've given for even to bring forth these classes that we are going through. Father, we say thank you. We thank you because it is your will and your heart that sets these classes for us, for our blessing, for our edification, for our raising. Father, we say thank you. Lord, as we go into the class today, we ask, Lord, that you will supply grace and mercy and spirit. Oh, Lord, tonight, in the name of Jesus, we pray, our Heavenly Father, that you will wear us. Oh, Lord, that you would supply your spirit, that we'll be able to carry your spirit tonight to wear your spirit, Lord, to put on your spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. We ask, Father, that you will help each and every of our heart to align with your spirit, to receive from you freely in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for help against distractions, Lord, that you would strengthen us not to be distracted tonight. Father, we pray by your spirit, that you will even strengthen us. You will strengthen us in our, our, our bodies tonight, uh, even to go through the lesson today. Father, we know that you are faithful even to answer. You are faithful to give all that we ask for. Father, we are, you are faithful because you say whatever we ask in your name, according to your will, that you will give. And we know it's your will for us to be blessed tonight. In that, in that we come to you tonight for strength, spirit, soul, and body, to receive from you tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Live class today. It's good to see everyone. It's good to have everyone here. Um, just looking at our names. Um, I've been seeing our names you know, from the classes, and it's so beautiful just uh, just seeing us there, knowing that we are there. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, without further ado, I would like us to start the class today. And as usual, you know, you know the drill. Uh, if you know in a quick because uh, I'm hoping to quickly wrap, uh, wrap up today uh, in a quick one or two minutes, if someone can help us uh, with a quick recap. Um, anybody that would like to volunteer to give just uh, a, a, a quickened recap. Recap with, with life, speed, with spirit. Anybody? <clears throat> 
All right. I don't see any hands raised, so I'll uh, zoom. No one wants to help us this, this evening. Okay, okay. No worries, no problem. Uh, I'm just going to take a, a quick one then because <clears throat> of time. Um, also, before I continue, um, uh, Brian, I don't know if you are free to help with uh, reading of our, our scripture tonight. Uh, uh, please let me know if you are we have a chance, and if not. Sure. Yes, uh, I'm available, sir. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, um, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you for helping me. So uh, I believe last week we <clears throat> resumed on the uh, hope of resurrection, um, and we you know, quickly you know we saw about the uh i mean we recapped about the uh, about the faith of abraham foreshadowing um resurrection through isaac right and also we we're seeing through the prophets how it was prophesied of the resurrection and of the dead of the of our lord jesus christ and also in the way also speaking concerning our resurrection. So we see it in Abraham, we see it in the prophets. Uh, we see it witnessed by the law and the prophet as well. And when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, where you know, Moses and Elijah came to minister to him, uh, where he was you know, you know, transfigured. And you know, we see that as them talking, they mentioned about the death of Jesus. And of course, they're talking about his resurrection as well uh, by you know, talking about his death that is to come, which should happen shortly. Um, and we also see that um, resurrection is a, is a doctrine among the Jews. So the Jews uh, do are quite aware of uh, the resurrection of the dead. And we see that in Martha, when Jesus talked about his a brotherhood, uh, come alive again and she said yes she knows that on the last day on resurrection that he will be uh, awoken uh, but Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life and of course we know that among the Jews there are two sects we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Pharisees do believe in resurrection but the Sadducees opposed it they don't believe in resurrection um, and also uh, resurrection is something that was thought by the Lord himself the Lord taught on resurrection. So the Lord Jesus taught on it. So of course, if who's, who's better, like I said, who's better to tell us about the hope of resurrection more than he who died and was raised. So Jesus was able to you know, teach and tell us of resurrection. Uh, even when he taught about it, um, Peter was, you know, Rebuking, no, you will not die. You know, to get it behind me, Satan, because he rebuked Peter even for that. But you no, know, the point there is that he was teaching concerning his departure, concerning his death and resurrection. So it's something that the Lord Jesus taught Himself, and also when He was talking to uh, Martha, He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." So He was also talking about resurrection. And then later we began to look at the importance of resurrection to believers, right? How, why, why is resurrection important? And then looking at that, we, uh, the first note we, we started is that it is the pillar of the Christian faith. 
right? It is the pillar of the, you can't talk about the Christian faith without talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? And of course, if Christ be not raised, we are yet dead in our sins, right? If Christ is not raised, if Christ is dead, then our faith is vain, right? So one of the major anchor of our faith is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And also it's quite important because of what that death and resurrection did for you and me. Because it allowed, like, like, like the word I will use, it allowed God make it possible such that anybody that believes in Jesus gets to be saved. Anybody, it's a work done in Jesus. If, if Jesus didn't die and resurrect, I don't know if it would have been possible to just believe on him, right, and just be saved like that. Because uh, if that was the case, I believe uh, maybe he might not even have died. Um, perhaps uh, before he died, a lot of people would have been born again and there will be record of that as at that time. But uh, we know that what it, to be born again is something that was spoken of after the death and resurrection of Jesus, even though there were many things in provision. But uh, before then, however, you can't talk about men coming into Christ without the death and resurrection of Jesus. Right? So it's very important. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a pillar, right, of the Christian faith. Um, also, we begin to see, um, and thank God for that, I, I believe, uh, you know, this, uh, it is the reason for our justification that we saw. Uh, I, I intended to actually talk about it again today, quickly. Uh, the reason being that um, I believe I was rushing last week, and uh, because I was rushing in my thought, uh, I, don't, I don't want things to be, modeled up right i want it to be clear and uh, straightforward so i'm going to talk quickly about that uh you know with my thoughts all gathered um so i'm just going to run through it quickly so it says it is the reason for our justification so resurrection of the dead is the reason for our justification and it's important to know that aspect and why it's important is that um, there is something, like I said, there is something that the Lord did in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. It is the power that the Lord wrought in him. And I, I read Ephesians chapter two, chapter 1, right, for us. And also there's Ephesians chapter 2. But Ephesians chapter 1 is what we read. So when, and when we read that uh, Ephesians, it's good to see what the Lord um, is saying there, right, and of course, what the book mentioned to us that the fate of the son hinges on the resurrection, right, of the dead, right? And that fate of the son is the key to our justification, right? And I mentioned that being justified, right, is something that will come into. And like I said, there is a thought concerning resurrection that we've thought about, that it starts or it begins in our spirit, progresses to our soul, and eventually our body. Right. So, um, so of course, whatever the Lord is bringing upon our soul, that is Christ, there is already that provision in our spirit. And what I mean by that is our spirit is already, the moment we get born again, and I, I believe I explained that when you get born again, your spirit is Christ. And because the speed at which the spirit can come into the, what the Lord has said is faster than your, our soul. Now, the faith of the son is a provision uh, right, for our soul to be justified or to, for our soul to journey and be justified, right? And also um, that 
faith of the son couldn't have been something we can live by if Jesus was not dead and raised. Why? Because it is the power that the Lord, that God wrought in him when he raised him from the dead, right? So faith of the son is key. It's a very key, important part of our Christian life because then we begin to see in the book of Romans chapter 1, right, verse 16 downward, where it begins to tell us about being justified, uh, about, uh, sorry, about the gospel of Christ, that Paul is not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? For therein is, uh, just paraphrasing, I'm moving forward, uh, then it says to the, to the Jews, then to the Greek, then to the Gentiles, right, for uh, it is the power of God unto, unto salvation. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? It says, for it's the power of God unto salvation, but therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And we know that it is faith that justifies. So being justified by faith, uh, Romans um, chapter 5, verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So when we are justified by faith, faith of the Son, right? Because um, it is not the faith towards God that justifies, it is the faith of the Son that justifies, right? Um, what the faith towards God can do for you is can obtain a good report, which is different from justifying you, right? Because Hebrews 11 tells us that the faith uh, that uh, elders obtain a good report by that faith. So that faith towards God is good enough to obtain a good report, which is awesome because that good report in a way can please God, right? It can't please God. It has, there's, there's some level of pleasing in there but because that is why it can be a good report. But fast forwarding, the faith of the son is for, is, for, is for life. And we know that what the Lord is dealing with is death, right? Now, the Lord has raised us in our spirit, we are quickened, right? We are quickened new creation in our spirit. So there is a provision of Christ there already, meaning that whatever we'll go through, be it justification, be it sanctification, the purpose of all that, that there's already provision of that in our spirit. It means our spirit has already come into that because it is Christ, right? And in our journey of Christ, we need to be sanctified, we need to be justified. So our spirit has that. And, and, I, and, then, and then I mentioned that um, our spirit, right, being the fact that it's being justified already, but there's also a need for our soul to be justified. And there's also a need, right, for that to spill over to our body. Why? Because we know the resurrection begins in our spirit, progresses to the soul, and then eventually to the body. Because we, we must experience resurrection. So we must go through resurrection experience, which is not possible, right, without the fate of the son. Right, because that's the initial part. It's part of the resurrection we're coming to. Right, we, we use the faith of the Son as we, we have to love and we have to live by it. So, when we live by it, we come into the justification in our soul. Right, and this the book mentioned that without Jesus dying and God raising him, then the we, we won't have gotten the blood of atonement. Right, and what that means is. Straightforward because the blood of atonement is what is what the Lord said in Leviticus 17, right? I believe that He said that um, the life of the the life of the uh, the life of an animal is in His blood, right? And then He said that the blood is for atonement for their souls, right? Is the atonement for their souls? So we see that when you have blood atonement, you have to atone, right, for their soul, 
right? <laughs> now, and then we, and I explained mentioning that, of course, when you are born again and you know your spirit is Christ, of course, you are at peace with God in a way. Why? Because the Lord, you are awoken, you are alive to God, you are recreated, right? So, and one thing that we know is that God doesn't have any problem with your spirit, right? Uh, I mean, when I say not any problem with respect to Christ, right? Doesn't have any problem with that. Uh, because a Christ definitely, definitely, definitely is at peace with God. Why? Because God can receive Christ. Christ can become acceptable to him. So therefore, Christ must be something he's at peace with, right? So, of course, he doesn't have trouble with our spirit like we have, well, like he has with our soul. So, which is the need for to make sure that in our soul we grow and become Christ, right? We grow and receive all that Christ has to offer, Christ has to give. So we now see that this is important for our resurrection in our soul and then eventually our body. So it's, a, it's an integral part. Without this faith of the Son, you can't talk about resurrection in the soul, right? Because you have to come through that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't talk about that. So it's important. And that is why it is the reason for our justification. So resurrection, so the key here, uh, saying that resurrection is the key for our justification is because when Jesus was being raised from the dead, there's what God wrought in him, right? Which, of course, we can talk about now regarding the faith of the Son and all these things I've said. So it was when Jesus died and raised that the Lord set that for everyone so that we can all come into justification, of course, right? Then he says it's the reason for our sanctification. I'm just moving forward and moving fast quickly. So it is the reason for our sanctification. So I mentioned this last week too, but I was rushing a bit. So I said, let me, let me calm down, okay? And talk about this and then we'll go from there. So he says the reason for our sanctification. And then uh, I believe we read First Peter chapter one, verse two. Um, I think because of, uh, I think, I have some time to read up. Um, Ryan, can you please help us read First Peter chapter one, verse two? Um, First Peter one, verse two. Yes. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of spirit unto obedience mm-hmm. and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. All right. Uh, what, what does verse 3 say? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I missed uh, that verse 2. I don't I think I okay. So the, in that chapter one, so the first Peter one verse two. So there's a part that says true sanctification of the spirit, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I wanted to uh, quickly bring out, right? It says uh, true sanctification of the spirit mm-hmm. because it's, it's talking about elect right there. Okay, so first Peter chapter one verse two, 
and then it says, okay, let the particular you have through sanctification of the spirit. So, of course, we see that the spirit sanctifies, so the sanctification of the spirit. So we have sanctification. Now, of course, we know, uh, I mean, this is later. One of the things about our journey is that we must be sanctified, we must be justified. But those two things are, certain, are things that are important. So we've seen the justification aspect, there's the sanctification aspect, right? That we're talking about. And it's impossible to journey, to receive or to be going through resurrection experiences without passing through justification and sanctification. And of course, we need to understand how that is in our spirit as well. So when we get born again in our spirit, also, there's also some sprinkling, right, for us to be recreated. You get what I mean? So there is, our spirit raised is Christ. And then inside that, that means that inside that, there must be justification, there must be sanctification, right? Because when you are joining our soul, we see them. So that's the sense that I'm bringing out there. And then it says that if Christ is not raised, you are yet in your sins. That's First Corinthians 15, 17, right? So if Christ is not raised, we are yet in our sin. Of course, if Christ is not raised from the dead, how can you believe, right? And then the work, and the work that God has set in him for to make us acceptable so to, for to make us let me use that word for to make us his child or adopted to him because <laughs> we are we get born again we are new creation right there's some sanctification in our spirit there right but of course we see it in our soul as we journey in christ as well but uh, the thing here, and again, because of where the book is from, I have to talk, also talk a lot about our spirit because it's important. So you guys is not raised yeah, yet in your sins. Christ died to sanctify us only from sin, right? So it, it died to sanctify us only. So in sanctifying us, you have to sanctify the spirit soul, right? And then, of course, eventually spilling to our body, right? So we are sanctified only, not just partially. Uh, spirit, our soul, are sanctified, right? The sanctification is the resurrection of our spirit, which we're dead in sins and trespasses. So the sanctification that we go through, right? You know, like I was saying earlier, right? Is when you get born again, right? Part of your spirit must, I mean, your spirit, not part, your spirit must be sanctified and justified already, right? Before, of course, your soul comes into that provision. So the sanctification, right? Is by the resurrection of the uh, of our spirit. So in when 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 Ephesians chapter two is telling us, "Ye at he quickened." So ye at he quickened. You are quickened, or given life, or given spirit. You are quickened. That is, we were dead in sin and in trespasses, right? Dead in sin and in trespasses, and we have been quickened. Means that he has brought us to a newborn spirit. We are quickened. We are quickened. We are dead in sin and trespasses. <laughs> and if Christ is not risen, then our spirit will not have been quickened. Right? If Christ has not been raised, then there will be no provision to quicken our spirit. How would they quicken our spirit? How? How is that going to be possible? Then there's a work that needs to be available for our spirit to be quickened. And we see that the Lord has made that provision in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Right? And thank God that Jesus was resurrected so that anybody that believes, believes in him should not perish. Anybody that believes in Jesus should not perish. Right? Thank God for the provision that God has made in Jesus. 
so that we can come fully, right, to him, so that we can be sanctified only, our spiritual and whatever, of course. The sanctification is the resurrection of our spirit, like I said. So our spirit is resurrected. We are quickened. We, G-I-T, quickened. So we have been quickened in him. And that is made possible by resurrection, right? So that's why resurrection is very, 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 very important. Very important. Then we, I move that resurrection is the hope of our calling. This is where I stopped. So I'm just going to cruise from there. Right? So resurrection is a promise that God gave through his son. Right? So it's a promise that God gave through his son. And of course, it's a promise. What is that promise? Can we read John 11, 25 to 26, please? John eleven twenty five, yeah. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Yes, thank you. Uh, we see that this is something that God has promised through his son. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. So he that believeth in me. So that's a very important aspect. Though he were dead, yet shall he live, right? Yet shall he live. That's a promise. Though he were dead, yes, yet as he lives, a hope of our calling, right? And this hope is something that we live to get. We live for. Is a hope, right? Is a when we have a hope, you are expecting it. So resurrection is the hope of our calling. Why? Because Jesus has given us a promise that if anybody is dead and he believes in him, though he were dead, right, he shall live. So he that, dead, that is dead and lives is he who has been resurrected, right? So he said that if anybody, right, believe in him, though he were dead, he shall live. And then he went further and said, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe thou this. So this is telling us about a journey. So now it's now clear that just getting born again is not, it's not alone or it's not enough. Although there's a lot that the Lord has said, right? But just giving us a sense that, oh, we get born again. There's a lot God has done. And resurrection is part of it, of our spirit. So ye are the quickened. And we quickening our spirit is part of resurrecting our spirit, although it's a new creation, right? But if the Lord has not died and been raised and said that whoever believes in him, he will raise them. The raising starts from our spirit, right? And then eventually progresses to our soul, then our body, right? God progresses to our soul, then spill over our body. Amen. So um, this hope, right, is what we are, uh, we have not yet seen and we are pursuing to have, right? And it's a lively hope. And this hope is something we ought to wait for, right? It's something we, we should be happy to wait for. Let's read Romans 8.24. Let, let's read that quickly. But that talks about hope that is not in Okay, let's read it. If you can quickly read it. Romans 8.24. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Mm -hmm. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So hope but that is if not... We... Go ahead, go ahead. But if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. 
And that's I, I like that part because it's very key. So do it patient, wait for it. Now, in waiting for it, is that means that it's, it's still a hope, right? It says yes, that sir. hope that hope that is hope that is not yet hope that is seen is no longer hope. But as long as it's a hope, means it has not yet come, and it's something we should be waiting for. It's something we should be expecting. It is a lively hope, right? And we should eagerly wait for that that glorious day when. Uh, we shall be resurrected, right? And then everything will be changed. With the, the death will be swallowed up in victory. It's already swallowed up in victory anyways, right? That time when death will be defeated, that last enemy, when death will be defeated. And when we're talking about death, right, it's good to also know that what's about death, dead. Although while going through this, we know that the dead, right, are, the, are those that are shed of the earthly body. That's a sense of death, but Death goes beyond just physical, right? There's, there's both physical and spiritual death. And there's both spiritual and physical uh, spiritual and physical deadness. So we have dead bodies. Spiritually, we have dead bodies physically. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, we, we, we can't just limit death to just the physical body alone, right? But that's that. Um, but be it spiritually, or physically, both will be deal with, dealt with. We, that uh, resurrection will happen spiritually and physically. Amen. So it's something we should look forward to because it's a lively hope. It's a hope we are eagerly waiting for, waiting for that glorious day when Christ will be raised to die, when the dead in Christ, and that when the dead in Christ will be raised to die no more. The dead in Christ will be raised to die. No more. Or those that are asleep in Christ will, will be raised to die no more. And again, of course, we've talked about this earlier. That, and that's, I mean, if we have that hope, then we should not mourn like unbelievers over those that sleep or that are, that, over those who slept in the Lord. We should not just mourn any, any as if there's no hope. We have a hope. We know that on the last day, they shall be raised. Their bodies will be brought back together, right? And it, they will, death will be removed, will be dead with totally. Their bodies will be put together and then they will wear their their house, you know, being prepared in the heaven. Amen. So this is this this is our hope. So death is no longer a threat. <laughs> it's the hope of our calling. So death is no longer a threat. It's not be threatened by death. Amen. Now the next point: uh, resurrection is a day we are to wait for. <laughs> and like we've read earlier, if we have not seen it, right? Do we with patient wait for it? Do we with patient wait for it? Is a day we are to wait for. Is it, and this, this, this day is a special day both to God and to man. It's a day when God will finally judge death. Mm-hmm. God will finally judge death in any area where death exists. The Lord God, our God, will judge death. Are we excited for that? That God will judge death. That no matter what, death will not have victory over mm-hmm. us. No mm-hmm. matter what, eh? we know that some of us we don't want to be we don't want to be just gatekeepers in the house of the Lord. Yes, but at least one thing is for sure: there will be no more death. There will be no more death because death is the last enemy, right? Uh, let's read First Corinthians fifteen twenty six. I want us to say that, um, but I want I will, I, will, I will have us to read another uh, part of from the point I'm about to bring. But let's read First Corinthians fifteen twenty six first. 
um, First Corinthians fifteen twenty six. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. You see, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Now, on this final day, right, the Lord would deal with death entirely. And like I said, there's both spiritual and physical death. Spiritual death and death, are deadness, right, you can find in the members of a man, spirit, soul, right? You can find it in there. But when you're not talking about physical death, that one, you can find it physically in the body, right? The one in the spirit and the soul, you may not see it. You may see people walking on the street, but they are dead. And that's why Ephesians says, those who are, ye are cooking, who were dead in sin and trespasses. And those that were cooking are human beings walking upon the earth, right? So we have spiritual death that can happen, right, in the spirit. And of course, spill into the soul. And of course, we know that anything that is in the spirit, the spirit to the soul, eventually spill into the body. So, and we have those that have shed off their earthly bodies that are dead in the natural. But like we know, as we've classified, we have those that in the Lord Jesus, those that are put off their earthly body, they are, we say they sleep in the Lord. And then those that are unbelievers, they are the dead proper, proper. And those that are alive, they are the quicken or the living. Mm-hmm. So those ones, they have not yet put up their earthly bodies, right? But those that have not put up their earthly bodies, because they have death in their spirit or in their soul, right? And that's why we classify those unbelievers that, you know, death proper. And then believers, they can still have some level of death. I mean, and of course, we know what death does. Death, right, is what... Uh, how do I put it? It's what, it's what makes dead. I think <laughs> it's a good English. I mean, is it not? Amen. So the Lord, um, okay, let me, let me put this way. It says the, um, so the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, right? That, that stings us too. So death stings with uh sin so death has death and uh, i'm just trying to explain this so we don't just see just the physical body being dead alone what i want us to see that one in the spirit soul and body so this thing of death is sin so if if death stings then death is not just something that just happens is something that is alive. It's almost like a living thing, if we can put it that way, right? And God would judge death. And see the statement, God would judge who's the last enemy. And if God would judge death, who's the last enemy? Last enemy. An enemy uh, must be active. If something's not active, you, can't, you may not necessarily call it your enemy because you probably have power over it, Right? If a dead can it can a dead rat be our can can, can it be somebody's enemy? No, yes, because it is dead. It can't do anything. You have power over that. But this one is is serious, right? <laughs> so Satan, we can call Satan himself dead. But I mean, of course, we know. I'm just using a sense here. So Satan himself, right? He has won. He has he has got. He has won dead. He has won it and he's spreading it everywhere. But God said the last enemy to be judged is death, right? And we'll see it in scripture because in the world to come, you won't find death there. Hmm. What dwells there is righteousness. 
says we we hope say, well what we uh, where in dwelleth righteous that is Hebrews I believe. Um, uh, ah, Hebrews, Hebrews, yeah. Hebrews, chapter two. I think, I think it is. Uh, sorry, it may not be Hebrews. I think it's eleven. Is it Hebrews eleven? Um, I'm looking if I continue sitting where I'm of justice. I think. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So I think okay. Let me. I think it's. Uh, so Second Peter chapter three. Okay, sir. Yes, Second Peter chapter three. Can we read uh, thirteen? When Peter, when Peter begins to talk about the new heaven, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Sir. What does he say? Second uh, Peter three thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, his promise. look for new heavens yeah. and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. New heaven, new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. You now see that judging death is synonymous or is close. To no, sorry, synonymous is the wrong word to use. You see, now say that judging death, right, is is part of the things that happen when they are beginning to talk about a new heaven and when they are bringing in the new age and they are wrapping up the old one. They must judge death because death can't move into the new one, so they must end it there. And that is why when the new heaven and new earth, when when we zoom in, they now see lake materials. When you put things in lake, it is to be destroyed forever. Right? Is is that one is this lake is for destruction. Hell, you can spoil. Lake destruction. You can have you can have something that spoil in hell. Something that's corruptible, something that's you can have it in hell. But once they move it to lake, forget just forget about it. Has been it has been destroyed, you can't restore it. And when something is in that state, then it is it, it is tantamount to it being erased. And because they've dealt with it. You see that so judging that is something that will happen on the very, very uh, on the, resur- the resurrection days, and it's something that has to happen while we are transitioning to that new world. There's a time for that. So there's a timing here, there's a timing that. Uh, everyone has said that, see you, death, I will judge you. You can't move into the new heaven, new earth, because what dwells there? You can't find anything without righteousness. You can't, can't dwell there, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, we too must grow to be righteous. So, can't find anything right. Then let's read, because uh, of time, let's read uh, Revelations 21. Um, 21 verse... Verse 2. Let's verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Let's read 3 and 4. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Passed away. Mm-hmm. You see, um, he said, for the former things are passed away, former. 
So death will become a formal thing. Wow. It says, and there shall be, and the key word I want to bring out today is, and there shall be no more death. There shall be what? No, no more, more death. Meaning that you can't find death anywhere in the world to come. And you can see they, they were talking about the world to come, of course. See, and I saw a new, right? Heaven and a new earth for the first yeah. heaven and the first earth were passed away. Right? We're passed yes. away. We have passed away. And death will pass away with it. Because there shall, in the new world, there shall be no more death. So it's clear that they have to judge death before the one new world comes. <laughs> Last time. So God reserved the judgment of death, that enemy. <laughs> reserved it for the last thing you I'll deal with you. <laughs> so both physical death, both spiritual death will be done away with. There will be none of that anymore. And because of that, you now realize what they are telling us in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to read it that Paul was talking about, you know, the, uh, star differs in glory. When stars differ in glory, the reason why star would differ in glory is that, because um, I'm trying to look look at, um, you, you might be wondering then, ah, oh, now Apple missing me that, let's say I just got born again, and I'm just new. But some people have, you know, grown and they've changed. They received so much life of God. Oh, what will happen? There was, you won't have that, but you will wear something, or let me say you wear your house that is coming from heaven, but you wait. And when I say coming from heaven, I'm not just, we are, we are, of course, we're talking about glory put upon man, right? Because I started first in glory. <laughs> so when, when you have, when you, are, when you are clothed, we'll see later when uh, Paul was mentioning that, right? So, Start differ in glory, meaning that as you are changing, you have, you, they, are, they are sewing your house. Your house is not built, but there's a building, depending on how you want to say it. I don't want to be complicated because scripture have a, used languages of building because they build men, they build, they grow us up. We are developed up, journey upward, we are being developed, right? However, as we are being developed, as we are growing, as they are building our house, they are also, so, your house being built is your house being sown. And of course, now begin to understand that, okay, this one, this, this is just you know, me talking out of, uh, you know, certain things in scripture, because I don't want to talk too much um, past this sense of resurrection and the day we are talking about. Just to give us a quick sense here, is you realize that you know, Jesus was saying this, Difficult for a rich man to pass through. It is easy for a camel to enter through the head of the needle than for a rich man, right? And of course, when you are going through the head of the needle, you have to, you are, you, they, 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 that is a kingdom dealing, right? So, but I just want to use that analogy that Jesus was saying, passing through the eye of the needle. What, what passes through the eye of a needle is a thread. And what they use a needle for is to sew. So they will use you to sew your clothes. They will use you to sew your heavenly garment. And how do you sew that? It's by obedience. As, like we've said, as you begin to obey the spirit, you are, going, you, are, you are experiencing resurrection. And as you are experiencing, you are sewing your garment or you are building your heavenly house. 
which when everything is also than done, they will wear you will wear it. <laughs> so as when you are now wearing it, the glory of that house uh, of that building is what you wear. So you now see that the more we grow, the more resurrection experience we have, the more glory we have potential of coming into. As we change more, as we grow spiritually, the more, the better it is for our light to shine brighter or for our star to be, to be blessed with light, if I can use that word. For us to be blessed with light, we'll be so blessed with the life of God so much right, that our, our, our wearing would, would, would represent that, right? So the Lord would judge all that and then they can now crown you or they can wear you, your heavenly, your heavenly house, if I can use that word, right? Like, like Paul said, because in that day, so Paul said that, you know, we desire, right? That we'll be close with our, or partake of our house, which is from heaven, right? And that is Philippians 3. Uh, can we read Philippians 3, 21? Actually, I think that one is, uh, okay, because 2 Corinthians 5. Okay, let's, let's read Philippians 3, 21. Philippians 3, 21. Mm. We shall change our vile body that, vile it, body. May be, that mm. it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That it may be fashioned as, like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able to, he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Okay. He's able to subdue all things unto himself. Okay. Uh, I think we should read 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 4 as well. 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 1. Yes, but well, I, I think this scripture is just explaining what I've been saying earlier. And but I, I think this 2 Corinthians is the one that talks about our, at our house. But yes. Let's read it. Let's read it. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house made not with hands, mm-hmm. eternal in the heavens. See, we have a building with God. So you see that as we are experiencing resurrection, you have a building, you have a house with God. You have a house with God. So this is now clear of what Jesus is saying in that John, um, John 14. Right? He says, I go to prepare a place for you. So this would now make it clear what Jesus is talking about. Right? You have a house with God in heaven, not made with hand. So as you are experiencing resurrection, right, you are already, you are already building a house. And there's a day, imagine somebody building a house. You know, there's a, you look forward to a day. And what's that day? The day that you pack into the house, set it up, live there, enjoy what, whatever. You know, you, know, you can design your house you know, to your own comfort and then build it. It's possible to do that. Right now, imagine, especially for those, you know, so most of us that you know come from Nigeria, we like that a lot. That that Nigerian, you know, building you build her, there's a way you know, plan everything to your comfort, and then you move in there. But the day you move into the house, then you're like, ah, oh, finally I've moved into this house. Or do you like? Have you have you seen anybody that like building houses and never living there? Maybe some people like building for investment. I don't know, but what? <laughs> but <laughs> I know what there's what in the setting. And what is certain is that nobody builds a house that they don't want to live in, right? 
on, I mean, if, yes, if you don't have, yes, if you don't have, if you don't have the house at all, <laughs> like, because I know some of us invest in you know, houses, buy, sell, and don't want to live there. <laughs> I get it, but that one at least, if you don't have any house at all, I, I don't know about that one, you know. Or if you are renting, you know, you want to continue renting like that, and then you are building houses and you be renting and still building houses. You know, I thought about people like, what's going on? <laughs> but the sense I'm trying to bring out of there is that. Anybody that is building a house with an intent to live there, they always look forward to a day mm-hmm. where they will move into that house. Mm-hmm. If they don't intend to live there, it's a different thing. If they don't intend to live there, they will look, okay, there's something they want to use the house for. They will still look forward to the day. They will use the house mm-hmm. for that. But mm-hmm. the context of living, when you have an intent to live in a house, then there's a day you're looking to live there. It's the same day where we should Resolution is the day that we should wait for. Right? Because those days is a day where they will now finally well see all oh, the house should be beauty, everything. Not that you are not be, you, are, you have not been seeing signs of that on the earth while you are living here. You'll be seeing signs of that. You may not see it. But of course, you realize that you are getting more beautiful and beautiful. But the beauty, you don't they don't see it in your in your in your in your in your how, how do I put it? Uh, they don't see it in your physical appearance. <laughs> what the beauty people will begin to perceive as you begin to grow in the Lord will come more from within you and from your spirit. You know, it will, it's like a fragrance. But there's a day that everybody can see it. The day you warn the house, right? It's no longer something hidden, it's visible to everybody. And there's a day where you move into your house, you pack and move into the house that you have been building, right? which is with God. That house is with God in the heaven. Right? So resurrection is the day we look for that because when they are wearing your, well, that house, they, are, they, 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 have, they would remove everything called death. They would deal with death so that it doesn't exist anywhere because wherever death is and it's not dealt with, it can corrupt. Or let me use this word, it can sting because death is a stinger. Anywhere death is, it means he has power to sting. And if he can still sting, it means he can corrupt. And new heaven and new earth is not something corruption can enter. So you see why it's necessary to deal with death. And resurrection is a day God, the Lord has reserved. See, death, no matter where you are existing, no matter what is happening, okay, some have changed, some have not. Those, I don't care, Panimata, I don't care. Now I'm dealing with you. Are you born again? Yes. Okay, let me change you. So you now see in that Philippians, they're telling us that, that they, they change our vile body <laughs> to be fashioned like unto his resurrected one. Meaning that when Jesus was resurrected, right, he also came with a resurrected body. And that body is a body, it's also a body of the world to come. So they say that we have to be fashioned like unto that. <laughs> so there's a day that that will happen. And that's when they don't judge death. You don't can't find death inside the body of Jesus. You can't. You can't find death there. Amen. Amen. And we know that on this last day, right? The spirit, soul, and body will be immortalized forever. Spirit, soul, and body will be immortalized. And immortalizing them, we will remove anything that can corrupt it. No, imagine immortalizing something that can corrupt. Then what will happen that we still have the same Genesis problem if they allow death to stay? Why? 
Because if Adam had the Adam that sinned had taken of the fruit, he would have been living forever. And that would be a beast, just like Satan. Satan, Satan, according, according to the Bible, we know, we, know his, we know his destination, his lake. What does that mean? It means that he's already condemned already. There's not, he's already immortalized forever in death. There's nothing we can do to save him. Even if you tell Satan, Satan, let me save you, tell you, sorry, I don't need you. In his mind, does he think he can, he can defeat God and sit where he sits? I don't know. The kind of madness that is inside of him. I know he spread madness. That's why he was, he was, he was spreading madness to Balaam. Yeah. The dump has forbidden the badness of the prophet that God used to use a donkey to tell him, sorry, don't be mad. Come to your senses. Right? So Satan is already gone forever. But God, doesn't want, God, God can't take any of Satan's nature, any, because Satan has seen in this present world, in this present heaven, he's seen there. That this one, this earth and heaven, they will wrap it up so that they can bring in the new. Where there is no death, where dwells righteous. Amen. So we're now seeing that they are going to uh, change our body. So it's a day to wait for and look forward to. Praise the Lord. Right? Mm -hmm. It is the day that pain and pangs of death will be dissolved by the trump of God and the voice of the archangel. Right? We've read Thessalonians, right? Uh, first Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17 initially. Um, but I guess I guess for the sake of maybe maybe anybody that you know, of course. Uh, let's just let's just read it just to remind ourselves again. First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17. Uh-huh. This point and the next point is the is one of the big points, and then the rest are easy things and we just end. Right? I'm excited and I know we can finish the class today. So let's read that uh uh that uh but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall arise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds wow. to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So you are seeing here that the Lord will gather by the, the voice of the trump, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, this, 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 okay. Uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, so there is, there is a similar saying, but let me just quickly, 
see if I can see find the verse that I'm looking for. Mm. Right. But in that, but let but that uh first Thessalonians was for him. That um verse uh Verse 16, so for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead and crash shall right first. That's one. Um, Matthew 24. Uh, let me read from verse. Mm. 31, sir. 31, yes. Okay. Um, I'll read from verse 31, sir. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Yes. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, mm. and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Mm. And he shall send his angels with a, with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of, from one end of heaven to the other. So we see the activity of angels, right? Trump gathering saints, right? Gathering his people. And then we see here that also, right? Here, Trump in Thessalonians, the voice of the archangel, right? Would dissolve. They're dissolving pangs of death. Mm -hmm. Right? So we now see that. And these activities are, are, are around right, the moving away of this age and bringing in the new. So it's around that, that activity right there. And of course, there are some things that will happen before everything is rolled. Of course, you know, there's a progression. Right? But of course, this dead thing, like we read, is what, what the Lord would deal with when they are fully moving everything. That one, right, will be dealt with fully. Dare to be dissolved. Hmm? The voice of the trump or of the archangel is, you know, is an activity we see. We see just and just what, and that's why I'm even trying to just bring it to Matthew 24, just showing, you know, different aspects where we see uh, trumpet, right? And you know, of course, there are different things happening there, right? but just showing us activities happening, right? But this particular one that they tell us in. Uh, First Thessalonians 4, uh, verse, uh, verse 16, thereabout, is talking about when they're going to deal uh, with the pangs of death. They are talking about that day of our Lord, right? So that is, the, that, is that, uh, I guess, the, the point we're making here, right, is that resurrection is the day we should, we should look forward to. And especially, you know, having said all these things concerning what we are in our clothes, you know, like I said, if you want to move into a house, you should look forward to it. And, and, and you, have been, you have been working, you have been growing, you have been changing, right? And as you are doing all that, there is, there is something you are getting, but there's also that which will be added to you on the day of resurrection, right? To show, almost like publicizing, you know, publicize uh, what you have grown into amen praise the lord so 
Um, that is why uh, resurrection is very, very, very important. It's a day we should wait for. And then um, this uh, point, before we move on to uh, other things, and this point is very, very awesome. I like it. Why? Because he's talking about uh, resurrection. Uh, why is it important with respect to Christ? Um, with respect to Christ, resurrection. And we see what the Lord is using um, resurrection to do. It is, the, it, is, it is how God begat Christ, right? So it is God's means of begetting Christ, meaning that many, 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 many Christs will be raised. Right, because Jesus Christ is the first begotten of the dead, and because he's the first begotten, I like the way the scripture put it the first begotten of the dead, right? And if he's the first begotten, it means that there should be other begottings because he's the first, then there should be second, there should be third, there should be fourth, there should be a hand, and he's the firstborn. Right? Is the firstborn. Amen. Is the firstborn. And we are other bones. Is that is that uh, alliance? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Mm. So we know that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, right? Uh, okay. I don't know if I should I should read read the passage. <clears throat> That talks about that, but I'm just using. You know what? Let me let me use that. Uh, let me let's 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 just go through what the book says, right? But I'm I'm just going to run through. And I'm not going to say, or maybe I would just read it. But just for us, I know we have the book already. But it says eternal. The eternal word Christ became flesh, right? So talking about Jesus, um, right? Or God coming in the flesh, right? Losing all is the all, losing all. I think, and it's, I, I believe it's important to even say this in the sense that we're looking at the, how, how God begat Christ, right? Uh, God didn't beget Christ by Mary giving back to Jesus. God did not begat Christ, right, by Mary getting born of the Holy Ghost and giving back to Jesus. There's a different means by which it was begotten. And you can't talk about that without talking about uh, without talking about his death and resurrection as well. Right? So the eternal word Christ became flesh, using all his deity or divine right and nature, right? Partook of flesh. So Jesus took flesh, right, and blood, like you and me. So Jesus was like a man, like you and me. Right, it was called the son of David, right? According to the, to the flesh, you know, that's Romans 1 telling us what declared to be the son of God with power, right? <laughs> it was according to the flesh, right? 
declared the son of David, meaning that Jesus, God, stripped himself of all his glory and power and became man, helpless like you and me. Right? And we know by scripture that Jesus had human nature. He's not, he's not just God that does not know anything sin. No, he was tempted in every way, but without sin. If he was tempted, that means that he could have sinned like you and me. And that means that the temptation he went through was real, like yours and mine. It wasn't, it wasn't a special configured temptation that is only for gods. No. The temptation that Jesus went through is the temptation for man. And I can tell you that every temptation that Jesus went through, every single one of them, it is, it, and, and Jesus overcoming every of those temptations, I can tell you that there is no other temptation you can find on earth today that is not inside what Jesus went through. So there's no special case. Jesus was not in 2023. He lived, he lived uh, 33 years before, uh, before death, you know, that time. He, he, lived, he lived a long time ago. There was no car. There was no house like today. Maybe they live in huts that you don't need to build. But of course, perhaps they probably use money to build that so wood. But let's say, we can even say, okay, there's no economy. There's all kinds of excuses we can use. Oh, Jesus did not marry. Um, Jesus did not, uh, did not go to school. So Jesus cannot, will Jesus know my, 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 my struggle in school? There's nothing. Carry school, carry how uh, marriage, everything, put it together. None of those issues that we call today is different from what Jesus went through throughout his temptation, whenever he's been tempted. Why? Because everything in this world, every single thing that you might see is tied to some, it's tied to, to three things, right? Loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. That Paul, John, sorry, John was telling us, love not the world, neither the things that is in the world. So the world and the things inside is our, our serious issue. And I can tell you that irrespective of day and age, the world is still the same. And what I mean by that is that because what, what you are calling the world, right, is, is, a, is a breathing of spirit. If I can use that word, is, is what spirits created. Let's just say this what Satan creates. Is the master. So you now he created the world. And then put things in there. He gave it to spirit to handle. Right? And then those spirits don't change. Yet they are the same. They can't, they can't, they can't be more, they can't be different than the spirit they already are, if I can say that. However, this world, they are, because they, they, they have rulership over the world. Right? I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about the world mm-hmm. that tempts men. They have relationship. Therefore, no matter what their age and system, they can always move around that. Anything created can be used by those spirits right? to further uh, propagate their thing. Because the difference between Jesus' system and now, eh? the major difference is this development. Men have developed. And the more developed we are, the more weaker we are. 
In short, that development is even because we are weak, right? So the more we develop things, the more weaker we become. And spirits, they, they, because they have rulership, so they, they have a way of, of morphing to seasons and times on the earth. But it is not any, any whatever they are going to bring, the summary of it is not different from what Jesus went through. So Jesus went through every single thing we are going through as well. Be it, what the, even if in the years to come, even if you have flying cars, eh, and some, some people can be sad because the, their car is not flying. Whatever as, emotion is attached to that, Jesus went through it. <laughs> so it's good to see, right? Because it, it's, it's easy to quickly look at, mm, Jesus is not, was not going through this in his time. His time is different. No, 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 no what we are dealing with are spirits and it's not and the spirit they don't they, they, they morph with seasons and times on the earth but they are is the same spirit with is the wisdom inside them that's the problem and that one is what they have you can't it doesn't change so that's a real real issue they are spirit what we are wrestling with are spirit for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers against rulers of darkness Right, so we wrestle with spirit, not with things that happens to us. So, and if we are wrestling with spirit, it means that if those spirits tempted Jesus too, it means that if there is nothing else on earth that anybody would have gone through that Jesus did not go through, and that is even the part of what Jesus must go through. He must taste death for every man, meaning that there is nothing tied to this world that Jesus must not go through. If he escapes any, then he can't save us to the uttermost. Then him saving us to the uttermost is just a slang. Or it's just a, a poem. But it's not. It's real. Say so he continued ever <laughs> making intercession for us. <laughs> he's, he's able to save us to the uttermost. The reason why he's able to save us to the uttermost is that he has all the wisdom to deal with every single thing. No matter what it is. Any, anything. Anybody is facing through. Jesus has the wisdom for that, right? So, uh, I'm talking about his. Uh, I'm talking about his uh, temptation, right? And so he was tempted in every way, but without sin, right? And after he had fulfilled the will of God, right? He desired the glory that he had with him from the beginning back. He desired his glory. And then by his resurrection from the dead, he regained all the divine characteristics. Everything. Everything that he, he, he was stripped of, right? That he couldn't have come to without his death and resurrection. He took it back. He took everything. And then he's now a man, God. He's now, Jesus is now both a man and also God which is awesome. Can we thank Jesus for that? Thank you. He's now a man and a God. You know, Hebrew tells us that every high priest taken from among men is ordained for many things pertaining to God, meaning that he's only a man you can take to, to, to mediate for man. You can't take goat and tell goat, come and mediate for man. Or you can't take angels, come and mediate for man. No, they can't. If not, he would have taken the form of an angel. But no, he had to become like you and me in every way. For he behoved to be made like unto his brethren. Right? And so we don't have a who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. 
So if 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 that if the word is true, it means that there is nothing that is is affiliated with infirmity. There's a feeling of infirmity that you can't use to touch Jesus that Jesus can't take away. There is nothing. There's no special case. Everything that can ever come, no matter how the world is evolving, no matter how problems are evolving, there is none that Jesus does not have wisdom to deal with. Because mm-hmm. the only thing we can talk about problems is that they're just evolving. There's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. That's what, that's what the preacher said. And if the word is true, which we know it is, then there's nothing new. It means that our problems too, there's nothing new under the sun. No matter what day, age, and time, it's not, it's not new. It has, it has, you can find the wisdom about it before on earth. There's nothing new. The only thing that can make a new problem is if you have new spirit. <laughs> and there's no new spirit. The only person that is new is Jesus. He's the new, new man. Is new, and that's why it can give us new newness of spirit, right? So, since the evil spirits they have attained their estate, they can't change, then there's nothing new from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus regained all of his divine characteristics and returned back to be fully reconciled to the Godhead, and then he became the Son of God, right? By resurrection, is the first begotten of God. Is the first begotten of God, meaning that is the first begot is the one that God begat. Now realize that this him being begotten is not about Mary. This mm-hmm. begotten is has to do with is you can tie to his death and resurrection, which purchase the program of resurrection of the dead, resurrection from the dead, all those things. Is <laughs> resurrection is part of what Olympo the his resurrection tied begotten to him. So he's the first begotten from the dead. He's the first begotten of God. Jesus is a man that is God, meaning that all of us too can be man and then eventually have God. Just mm-hmm. like Jesus, who is a man God, we can also be men God. Mm-hmm. We can is a is a hope that is that God has made possible. Why? If he can come into every single thing that is inside Jesus, that God has put in his power inside him, Mahalia, everything inside of him, if you can come into all of that, we can be like God. Because that's what Jesus, well, that, sorry, that's what God said in the beginning. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So which means that there's an intent to actually make them like them. So they just initially made man after their likeness. It's just after, but not the real thing. But they want to give man the real thing. So just had to, one man else just had to go through all of this to restore us back. So Jesus became the first begotten. And then you and I can also be begotten of God. Mm. And as a result, we are heirs of salvation. Right? Yes, because, of his, because Jesus resurrected, right? We also became God's children. And then we are also heirs of God. If Jesus has not resurrected at all, then we have no inheritance in God. And we are bastards. But we are not bastards. Paul, Paul mentioned it, right? We are not bastards to God be the glory. Say so we are joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs. I mean, how many of us know that song? We are children 
of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. We are, we are heirs of the Father. We are joined and with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. family. We are one. We are heirs of the Father. And then we see in Hebrews, right? In chapter one, last verse. So I would not, I did not, when they're talking about uh, ministering spirit, it says, I did not all ministry spirit who shall minister to them, eh? for them, who shall be heirs of salvation. Now let's read Romans 8 16 to 17. And then Ephesians 2, 19, we read those two. But let's start from Romans and then uh, we wrap up this particular uh, aspect. Um, Romans 8. Um, so do you say Romans 8, 16? Yes, Romans 8, verse 16 and 17. Okay. Romans 8, 16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Mm. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, then we may be, that we may be glorified together. Yeah, we may be also glorified together. If we suffer, we may be also glorified. But we are saying we are joint heirs with Christ. Ephesians 2, 19, let's read it. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, mm. but fellow citizens, citizens with the saints and of the household of God. See, fellow citizens and the saints of the household of God. And you know what? I just feel like singing that song again. I don't know. I just feel like singing it. Say, we are heads of the oh, Father. Oh, we are joined oh, with the sun, amen. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. You see, we are of the father. We are joined with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. Oh, we are one. We are children. 
We are family. Oh, we are one. We thank Jesus that we are heirs of the Father. We are heirs of the kingdom. Mahaliana. Father, we thank you for Jesus for making us heirs of the kingdom. Yes, Father, thank you for making us heirs of salvation, making us heirs, joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Thank you for resurrection, for raising Christ up for us to have an inheritance in you. Oh, Malima, Felisakam, thank you, Jesus. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise. Thank you, our Father. Amen. 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 Wow. It's awesome to be a child of God. It's awesome to be a heir of salvation. Father, we thank you. Amen. 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 And amen. Okay. Amen. Fact. Uh, let's move on to the fact of resurrection in nature. So we we have seen um, facts of resurrection in no differently but now i want to move into nature i, I think this is where first corinthians 15 comes and we're going to read it i'm going to take our time and let's go from verse 35 um this is this is the this is almost the last part of the book so we are nearing the end and as we are nearing the end it's so i don't know it's just so full of full of life and spirit we thank jesus um so let's read it from verse 35 first corinthians 15 from verse 35 yes but some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that, that body that shall be, but bear, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. You see? That particular, but let's pause there, right? You now see that resurrection is something that is witnessed by things that are made. And we are going to see it in many things. Part of that is how a seed germinates. You know, when you plant a seed, it has to die first. When you sow a seed, because when you plant, you are sowing. When you sow, it has to die first. And when it dies, it comes back with a new body. So Jesus was telling us or was preaching to us, or let me put it this way. God was already telling us about things, right? By planting seed. You know what God was planting seeds? Even in Genesis, God planted seeds, right? So I'm going to plant a seed. It has to die first and it comes back with a new body. Now, what you plant is not what comes up. When you plant a seed, let's say a wish, it has to die. 
And then when it comes up, it's a new, it's not even, it's, it's even multiplied. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, a grain, a grain falls to the ground, he abided alone, like what Jesus said, right? When it comes, when it comes out, it's actually new. And with many, many, many bodies. I'm not saying one person will have many bodies. I'm just, I'm just using an example. For example, if you plant a corn, right? And you plant a corn, it comes out. And you have the corn, you have that stalk, right? And then when you take a corn, you open it, you see many seeds, right? And, but they are all new, brand new. It's not the same one that died. Right? So God is already showing us in sowing and reaping. You can see that the Lord is already foretelling about death and resurrection. And the Lord has said it's such that things must first experience death to come into life. Right? And a sense of that, a sense of that is what Jesus was saying, that if you want to gain life, you have to lose it. But if you want to lose life, then gain right so it's, it's it's almost telling us about resurrection lose to gain die to gain new so we can see the lord showing us facts about resurrection in just planting a seed right you plant it it comes out a new body i mean let's go further okay um verse 38 Yes. But God giveth it a body as it had pleased him, and yes. to every seed his own body. To every seed his own body. So this ties to what I was explaining earlier, right? As star differs in glory, that explanation I was giving about uh, everybody will not all be the same. Hen. Everybody will come into the body befitting them. Let's continue. All flesh is not the same flesh. All flesh but there is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of a flesh of man, mm-hmm. another flesh of beast, another, another flesh of fishes, and another flesh of birds. Another flesh of birds, okay? There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Okay, but the glory of the... Cel- okay, sir. Okay, but finish that part for the glory of the... But the glory of the celestial is one. And the glory of terrest- of the terrestrial is another. Another is another. Okay, let's stop there. Now see that you have different bodies differs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, now you have different bodies in creation. The Lord created. So, for example, we have different bodies of different habitats. So, like we're just reading now, right? There are different bodies for different places. For example, a fish has a different flesh. There are all kinds of flesh, right? There are all kinds of bodies. Right, so you have bodies for different habitats. You know, realize that one thing about body is that the body is tied to habitat or is habitation. Mm. A body is tied to its habitation. So even this physical body that we have is initially for this earth. So the habitation of man, right? So God made man, he made him a living soul. <laughs> is he gave him an earthly suit so that he can walk upon the earth. Even an angel, or, or, let me put it, heavenly, heavenly influence on the earth need, needs to influence men. You understand? Well, because men have the body to effect things on the earth. The, the spiritual, there can be spiritual influence in the spirit that you don't see. But 
for it to be made seen, you have to look on man. Okay, man, where are you? Hey, man, man will make things happen. Things are tied to man on earth. Things are tied to man. When God was making everything, creation, it was for man. And God tied it to man. So the moment man fell, things began to happen to nature. Hmm. Right? Lion began to eat. Hmm. You now see why Isaiah 11 would now began to, I mean, of course, they're they just seeing a sense, right? Where you can have, imagine a, a lion playing with, like a, playing with a, mm-hmm. uh, let, let me use what, what does the scripture say in that 11, uh, Isaiah 11, so we can see. Because um, I, I know there are other ones, you know, literally in the cockatrice den, but. Um, Isaiah 11 from verse 6 uh, says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Um, so the wolf the lep- dwelling with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the king, right? Okay, yes, sir. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, together. and the little child shall lead them. them. Can you imagine a wolf and a lamb? Now, leopard and a kid. Now, and then a calf and a young lion. And fighting together. Imagine now. Can you even picture that happening? But it's a strange, it's a strange nature. It's not supposed to be. In the beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, all these things are possible because of the life that was in that was that was in authority. That was because of the life that was in the heavens of the earth. That was the, the life that was having dominion over all the of the earth as at that time. Because it's tied to man. The man was sinned. Nature started vexing. Anger. Hmm? Tsunamis. All those uh, vexation. Spirits. Oh, wow. I, I mean, spirits are angry now because, I mean, they are, they, are, they are affecting all kinds of things on the earth. But I'm just looking at nature. Just looking at nature. The middle man fell. Nature fell. In a way. And, and in my... Uh, the, Creation is waiting for the manifestation of songs, right? Groaning. Say, when will you return back to normal? Amen. So we can see that there are different bodies, right? And different bodies for different habitats. You see angels now, they have their own habitat. They have the body for that kind of habitat, right? Because we have terrestrial, you have celestial bodies. But you no, know, that's, that's different. We get there. So we have heavenly bodies, right? <laughs> You have that. So you have fish in the sea. You have uh, beds in the air. Right? You have uh, goats, right? Animals that creep and walk upon the earth. They have their own bodies. So you have different bodies in creation. And they are for different habitats. And then you now have celestial bodies like i was saying for angels so they have celestial bodies and you have terrestrial bodies for man so man too has a body and we, that's where i branch off earlier right that man has a suit for the earth hmm. so you have man we're having a suit for the earth angels have their own suit for the heavens so that's celestial bodies angels terrestrial is earthly is for the act. Amen. Amen. And then resurrected body will also be for 
its new habitat, which is the new world to come. So it takes a resurrected body to dwell in that one. You can't take this one there. You have to, they have to change this one and then move us into our new body for the new world to come. And then you also have, um, sorry, let's read, uh, I know okay, we've talked about, uh, let's read the last, last let's read the last um, verse we read in Corinthians. Um, verse 40. Yes. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Is another. Okay. Let's read okay. 59. 39, okay, so. All flesh is not the same flesh, mm-hmm. but there is one kind of flesh of man, of, man. of men, another flesh of beasts, another beast. flesh of fishes, and fishes. another of birds. Okay, so we, we have explained that. Let's read 41 now. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, sun and, and another moon. glory of the stars. And stars, okay. For one star differed from another star in glory. In glory. Mm-hmm. So you see now, they're not talking about stars and their glories, right? And this thing, they're they talking about galactical bodies. So you have stars, right? Yes, sir. You have sun, you have moon, and they all have their glories. So this, uh, this shows that each of these bodies, they have different way of shining their light, Right? Mm-hmm. The sun shines its light, the glory is different. The moon shines its light, the glory is different. Stars, they emit their own light differently. So each, each um, galactical bodies have different ways of bringing forth their light. Right? And each of these galactical bodies, it is because of their capacity to emit rays of light. They have different capacity, Right? The moon does not have the same capacity like the sun. In short, the moon is a copycat. It is the sun's light that is reflected in the moon. Right? But when you look at astro- uh, not just astro- uh, astronomy, you look at, um, no, I mean, is it astronomy? NASA, you know, they, they study galactical bodies, they study stars. And, but every star is different. Every star has its own light, and, is ev- and every light is distinct. Right, and that is because each of them bring forth light differently. Yes. So that way, right, you can now see that stars differ in glory. So it's also the resurrection of the dead that, that was explained. You know, they're now using gal- galaxies, bodies, heavenly bodies, to explain to us resurrection. Every light, the everybody's capacity to emit light will be different. What I what I mean by that is, I'm just using the sense of galactical bodies to explain something that will be upon man. Right, every man will have his own glory, and just you know, now look at glory as light, just see like that. So, the light brighter it is, the more glory. Mm-hmm. Just using that sense to explain that. <laughs> so, everybody, based on how well they have gone through resurrection, they have light shining at a certain strength. And you now realize that scripture has also, has also foretold us this one, or is foretelling us, or how saying. The part of the just is like unto a what? A shining light. That shineth brighter and brighter and brighter 
and bright until the perfect day. Now realize that you see that as you journey on to the perfect day, light is shining brighter and brighter. Wherever you get to in your journey, that's the strength of your light, and that will be the strength of your glory. That's what that's what, that's the sense we are saying from that. So, and each of the brighter and brighter, it's like you are waking up. Or let me use the word you are resurrecting. And as you are going through resurrection experiences, your light is shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And we can see that in galactical bodies. So God has put that fact there. So it's all around us. God has put signs all around us concerning resurrection. So these are facts. If anybody wants to say now that there's no resurrection, there's it's a lie. Now, some have said that there's no resurrection. Right, ah, thank God. I just remembered now, it was in one point earlier, but I don't think I mentioned it. But we're talking about resurrection today, we wait for like uh, Imenius and Philitos. I don't know if I pronounced the name right. Right, when they say that there is no resurrection, the resurrection is passed already, and they made shipwreck of their faith. Right, <laughs> so this kind of thing is not something anybody should believe. Now, the moment you start believing that there's no resurrection, what you are technically saying. Not just believing. The moment you are saying there's no resurrection, you have, you are number one nullified your faith. Wow. Yeah. What, I, what I mean by that when I say nullified, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that now. Okay, he have renounced God. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, just that First Corinthians will be reading verse fifteen. Okay, if Christ be not risen, you are yet in your sin. Okay, then what is your is your faith vain? So if you say it has passed already, then you are missing a big point. Why? Because now evil spirits can begin to give you all kinds of doctrine. So you, you say there's no reason it has passed already. That is the seat of evil spirits. They will now begin to give you all kinds of new revelation about resurrection. Telling you that there's, you know, I don't know what evil spirit is teaching Sadducees. Saying that there's no resurrection. It's a spirit that is people giving them, giving them that doctrine. Right, saying that there's no resurrection or it has passed is pretty much that is a great error that can shipwreck faith. And shipwrecking faith is, I mean, no shipwreck is you no, know, let's say a ship hits something, then it's wrecked. You don't know, and the thing about a shipwreck is that you don't know how it would wreck. No, nobody prepares for accident. And know exactly how an accident will occur and how the car will dent, how the car will bend, or not that kind of a thing. Nobody prepares for that because they don't, you, don't, you, don't, you can never know. For you to know, that means you must have gone through the exact experience in a, in a, in a test. And even, even if you see it and explain, you can't recreate it. It's honestly recreate like the exactness. It's difficult. So a shipwreck means that all kinds of things can happen to such a soul. It can be wrecked, all doctrines, all kinds of doctrines bombarded. The twistedness of the ship wrecking, you may not know it. The, 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 the twistedness of Satan, it will, be, it will be woven with a wisdom that will be difficult to unwoven, except by the mercy of God. Why? Because it's a shipwreck. So let's not shipwreck our faith by believing that there's no resurrection, or by, by saying the resurrection is part, there's no resurrection. No. Resurrection is, is something that we should wait for. We're looking forward to. And God has shown us in different, different things, in different, different facts 
different, different facts showing us in both in creation, right? In natural order of things, in germination, in galactical bodies, different bodies that God created, right? They are not all the same, right? Praise the Lord. So what do we yeah. have as assurance of resurrection? I'm moving to an end. By God's grace, I should be able to finish today. I'm almost at the end. There's just two points, actually three points here. Um, and then that's it. So the first point, what is the assurance of resurrection? I mean, even if I didn't say anything, talking about the hope of resurrection, one is Jesus. We said is that Jesus was teaching it. So what is the hope? Or what is the assurance, I mean, of resurrection? The first thing, the first assurance is that Christ rose from the dead. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then I also will be raised. And I can already see that happening with a token he has given me by the Holy Ghost. That I am already quickening in my spirit. That is resurrection in my spirit that's taking place. If that has taken place, uh -uh, what is now too difficult for the Lord? My soul will also be resurrected fully. Resurrection will progress from my spirit to my soul and eventually to my body in Jesus' name. And our bodies, mm -hmm. I'm saying this for, for all of us. So what's the assurance? Mm -hmm. Is that Jesus Christ is rose from the dead. And Jesus Christ being raised from the dead is not a, is not a gimmick. It's not a story. It was witnessed by 500 brethren at once. And these brethren did not see vision. They saw him live. It wasn't a vision. You know, in, in a vision, it's possible, right? Because people can, everybody can see visions at the same time. But this is not a vision. This is him appearing to 500 brethren. Like, can we read 1 Corinthians 15, 6 quickly? At first Corinthians 15, 6. And after that, it was seen, it was seen of above 500 brethren at once. Let's of read, whom, let's read from verse 5. So that, so that it from be. verse 5. Okay, sir. And that it was seen of Cephas, then the 12. So they are talking about the order in which Jesus was seen, right? So Paul was Paul was talking about people that saw Jesus, right? After he was resurrected. So you say he was seen of Cephas, Peter, okay? And then after that, and then, uh, then of the 12, then of after the 12. that, hmm. it was seen of above 500 brethren at once. At once. It was seen above 500 brethren at once. You see? So it's not a story. You know, sometimes you, people can think maybe these things were just stories, you know, they make statements like this in scripture. No, it's fact. Right? It was seen of the apostles. Right? Yeah. It was seen of Paul. It was seen of James, the brother of our Lord. Right? I said, with, in, I said with many infallible proofs. Mm -hmm. I believe, I, I think, okay, yeah, that mentioned that earlier. With many infallible proofs that you can't fault. Right, with many, 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 many infallible proofs. Right, he showed the disciple that he's risen from the dead, and then it was seen of them 40 days. Can we read Act 1, chapter 3? Yeah, okay, Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Yes, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs Proofs. being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to pertaining the kingdom, to the of, kingdom God. of God. 
You see, that Jesus said with many infallible proofs, you can't fault it. He was seen of them for 40 days. He stayed for 40 days eating fish. Hmm? I don't, know if they are, if, I don't know if they have fried yam then, but you know, fish and fried yam would have been a nice combo. <laughs> right? Jesus was just, Jesus was choppy, eating fish, sheer fish. See, I'm not a ghost, like I eat. Right? So it's not, it's not a story, it's a fact. Right? So, and that is the assurance of resurrection for us, that Jesus himself was resurrected. Uh, that's a surety. It's a sure. The surety is too sure. And he, and he that rose promised, right? The hope of resurrection we talked about is that it was a promise given by God through his son. So if he that promised rose, then it is sure I also will rise from the dead. So it's true. No matter what weakness anybody might have now, Thinking, oh Lord, I have this witness. You know, it's not too hard for God. You can go through resurrection experiencing it. You don't have to, you don't have to write yourself off. You don't have to t- say it is over for you. You don't have to say that, ah, my life is gone. I, why will I leave this day? You will. Just hope against hope. Keep hoping against hope. He says it's a hope that we should wait for, right? We've seen it here that it is a, the hope of our calling. Ratani Mahali Mesofi. Helma, right? It is something we should hope for. So therefore, right, you have an assurance of resurrection and that is in Jesus. Jesus is the surety. He rose from the dead. He promised that he that believeth in me, though he dead, he shall live. And he that said that rose, therefore we can come to life, can come to resurrection. Amen. So, Christ became the first fruit of them that slept. I've seen with the first begotten from the dead, right? His resurrection has been demonstrated. Ours with our own will also follow too. Right? The first fruit is, is, is the proof that the, the remaining harvest will be brought in. The first fruit is the proof. Because you have the first fruit, uh-uh, Jesus has resurrected. Then all of us, right? He ever lived to make intercession. He's able to save them to the uttermost. Right? He's able to save us to the uttermost. Eh? He's able to have compassion on us who are ignorant and out of the way. And then he's able to save us to the uttermost. Amen. So for us to see that the proof of him, okay, let's read 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. We're in 1 Corinthians 15, right? So let's read verse 20 quickly, then I'll move on. We're almost through. But, but now is Christ risen from the dead mm-hmm. and become the first fruits of them that slept. And become the first fruit of them that slept. Christ is risen from the dead and he's become the first fruit of them that slept. So the first fruit is the proof. So he's going to, Hebrews tells us that he's bringing many sons to glory, right? Hebrews chapter, I think I will quickly read that. Hebrews chapter 2, right? Yes, sir. We can quickly read that. Uh, because of time, I just need to you know, see this and then we'll, we'll go for, move forward. Verse the rest 10, are not for it, but yes. Hebrews 2, 10, yes. For it became him for woman all things and by woman all, all things, things in, in bringing many hmm. sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect for suffering. You see, 
it became for whom are all things and by whom are all things. You know, they're talking about Jesus in bringing many sons to glory. So if one is already brought to glory, Jesus was crowned with glory and honor. He was crowned with glory. He was crowned with the glory that was from the beginning that we've seen here, right? Before, when he cried to the Father, glorify me with the glory that, that I had with thee from the beginning. Then he will bring many sons to glory too. Meaning that all of us too will be brought in by Jesus Christ. All of us will experience resurrection. Amen. Now, what is the assurance of resurrection? We can see this assurance. Let's quickly read Matthew 27, 52. This one is a quick one, and then, and then we'll, we'll move on. We're almost done. We're almost through. Matthew 27, verse 52 says, yes. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Arose. You see? And the graves were opened. And this, this is after Jesus resurrected. So, when he resurrected, so many souls right were also resurrected with him at that time or many let me just say many saints just as we've seen in the book, in the book. they rose from the dead as well with jesus christ yeah? and it's not and it's not it's not a lie it's not gimmick and it's not a ghost they were not ghosts they were saints that experienced resurrection. Then they showed themselves to their family. Right? Just and to, to show they are not ghosts, then we can, let's first of all think about what Jesus did to Lazarus. He was dead and he was resurrected with his body. And Lazarus was not a ghost. So many said rose from the dead when Jesus rose from the grave. So graves were open. That's how much power that was released when Jesus was raised. Graves open. Imagine what, what opened those graves. Power. Graves were open. Bodies were brought back. Whatever, if they had decomposed and entered into plants, they went into the plants, wherever they have gone to, bring all that body back from the body, and they were mm-hmm. resurrected. Amen. So if this would happen when Jesus was raised, then it is a certainty that we too, would experience resurrection. Amen. Now, Amen. what is the assurance of resurrection? I've, I think I mentioned this earlier. The assurance, first of all, is that our the talking has already happened in our spirit. Our spirit were quickened at new birth. When you give your life to Jesus, your spirit was quickened. And it is a talking, you know, like Ephesians chapter 1 would tell us. And when the, the Holy Ghost, can we read Ephesians chapter 1, verse, uh, quickly verse 12? That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard of the word, you ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy yes. Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Then we continue. Which is the earnest of our inheritance yeah. unto the redemption. Of the purchased possession the unto purchase. the praise of his glory. You see, is it talking of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession? That's what scripture says. It is the token. Ernest is the token. So it is the token of our inheritance. So when we get born again, and all of a sudden you you felt alive, you felt alive to God. All of a sudden, from within you, you are connected to him, not like never before. Like different from when you are an unbeliever, you are trying to reach him. Now it's a different experience, a different feeling. 
there's a there's a huge shift between when you're an unbeliever trying to perceive God and trying to get and when you are not actually recreated in your spirit, you are quickening a new birth. You have a different spirit. The way you relate with God is different. You can even relate with Him as your Father, Heavenly Father. There's a our spirit bears witness with our spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons. You see, is there's a way that 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 activity is happening within you. You're not the same. When you get born again, you're not the same. Something happened to your spirit. You came alive. You, you can sense, you can, you can, different from before, you can sense God differently. You can tell God differently. You can perceive him differently. He can talk to you, not like before. It's different now. So the resurrection of our spirit is the first proof that resurrection is a sure thing to happen that will progress to our spirit. So, sorry. So, and then eventually our body. So that is the assurance. If my spirit, you know, we've seen assurance in Jesus. We've seen assurance in those that raised with him. But we're not seeing assurance in us too. Our, our spirit. We believed in Jesus and then we were quickened. That's resurrection taking place in our spirit. And then our soul eventually has become justified and sanctified. And then eventually to our body. Amen. Mm-hmm. Are we blessed? Yes, Ephesians 2, 1 to 2. Let's just read quickly. Time has gone, but I think this, this is just to buttress what I've said, but let's read it. And you at it quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Now see here, you know, like I say, we're talking about here at it quickening, quickening our spirit, talking about the new birth, right? Like I said, we're just it's just both present what I've said. So the fact that we're resurrected in our spirit is a proof that we will be resurrected. Amen. Mm-hmm. In our soul and eventually our bodies. Now, the last thing I wanted to say is that resurrection, right, is not only going to happen to believers. Excuse me. It's not That's only going true. to happen to it's not it's not only an experience for believers. Unbelievers will also experience their own order of resurrection. That's their own order, right? We've seen in Daniel 12, we read, but we'll read it again. So Daniel 12, 2, right? Let's quickly read it. Daniel 12, 2. Yes. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame. An everlasting content. Some to shame and everlasting content. So you now see that some to some to shame. So unbelievers will also face their own. Right? They'll be raised from the dead to face judgment of God. They will be faced to raised to face judgment. Right? And John 5:29, if you want to read further, tells us about this too. Right? That some shall come forth and do that have done good unto resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation, right? Unto the resurrection of damnation. So those, there's the resurrection of unbelievers as well, so not just believers. And that one, of course, they have to, that happens when they are ready for judgment. But that one is not treated in this chapter. That will be treated in the next chapter. We can see eternal, the next chapter, chapter nine is eternal judgment. So we can see, we'll see, uh, how that will play out for unbelievers in that chapter. Because I know I know most of us might even have questions for this area now, but it's like this is normal like 
a different. Well, it's not, not really different, but I'm thank God that we have been able to finish this today. This is the last uh, point, and I believe that's it. Uh, thank God uh, that we're able to go through this and finish it today. We didn't have to come next week. So next week will be question and answer. I hope we are blessed so far. So um, without further ado, I won't hold us much. Um, just before I end, okay, I've been seeing this thing, but I must correct it before. I thank God, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. Uh, I have every single time I stand in the last four weeks, I've been meaning to say these words, but I don't know how I keep forgetting. So forgive me, uh, pastors, I did not greet you all well as I should, right? And I am sorry. Um, I, I know I, maybe I greeted the first day, but uh, you know, I want to, I want to be young like Pastor Ceci and Pastor Femi. You know, when they start, they always greet, and you know, just follow after their spirit, and 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 it's something right that you know I should you know also emulate. I want to thank you, Pastor Jeff, for um, giving me the opportunity to serve and to take this lesson, as well as uh, I want to thank Pastor Ceci, Pastor Femi as well. I want to thank you so much for all that. Uh, we are doing and thank you for for uh, you know encouraging me to do this you know being of study thank you so much um, you know is you is you that uh, you know you just assign and you, know, you just set things straight as the dean you know <laughs> you're the dean so I just say thank you thank you thank you Pastor Jeff thank you Pastor Ceci thank you Pastor Femi thank you for for allowing me to take the the class. Um, the Lord increase and bless you. Um, thank God for you. And uh, that's it, sir. I think this is the end of the class. I'm sorry for taking a little bit of our time. So um, next week, like I said, the question and answer. So can we just uh, begin to thank God for today? Uh, Father, we thank you. Give you all the praise. And uh, give you all the glory. Thank you for how you helped us today for all that you are doing. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for how you have helped us today to go through this class and this lesson. Thank you, Father, for the blessing which you have deposited in our spirit, even that which you have made us see, the assurance that we are heirs of salvation. Father, we thank you for your spirit which you brought upon us even in this class. Father, we, we say thank you. We thank you for the spirit which you have imparted upon us by your word, by the things you've said, by the things you've done. Father, we are not ungrateful. We are very grateful. We are very elnita. Jesus, we give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. Jesus, Sam, El Mima, Eprama, Kapona, Simakai, Elta. Jesus, we thank you. Posina Kalemesepon, El Dina, El Dina Maspirinava, Eprat, El Dinata. Father, we pray, Lord, that the spirit of your word will rest upon every heart in the name of Jesus. Simakal Sofan Palna, that which you have decided to rot by the class 
oh Lord, we pray that that work would be fully established upon hearts in the name of Jesus. Father, we will not lose the import of that which you have deposited in us, even in all the classes we've gone through in all the last four, the last three classes and even today. Lord, we pray that your spirit will increase upon each and every one for life, for to experience more life and resurrection, even in our bodies, in our spirit, in our soul. We pray, Father, Lord, that the blessing of your spirit will rest upon us. Oh, Mahatavana, thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. Semika el tunavani. fanima. Fantasia. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.